Good morning. Our unity in Christ, the way of peace. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22, if you're looking there at the scripture with me. This is a, an interesting section of scripture as he talks about all the alienation, isolation, separation of the people there at Ephesus, but not of Ephesus necessarily, although it's written there. It's of the people of the world, of the known world, but our world today, we really understand that. I think about it this way. How often we uh, are quick to, to put down other people if we're not careful, groups of people. Uh, there's something about the human heart, especially the unredeemed heart, but even the ones that are saved, that we have that thing about putting other, another down that we might put ourselves up. We, we put them down, we lift self up. And it's called sin, and yet it's kind of the condition of the heart. There's all this division, separation, alienation, as I said, isolation. And, and Paul really addresses this to the groups there because what he's going to talk primarily, uh, primarily about are two groups of people. There are Jews and there are... Okay, let's do it again. There are Jews and there are Gentiles. I, 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 let me help you. If you're not a Jew, you are a... And that probably includes everybody here today. I, I don't know... What, no, I, I, I do. I'm, I'm sitting there looking at my brother in Christ right here. Praise God, Jack Will. There, there's my Jewish brother in Yeshua. How about that? But, but I love that. There's Jack. But for the rest of us, we, you know, we're, we're not born that way, but we can be born again. I'm glad that we get to do that. But in, embedded in human history is this uh, concept of, of disunity, of people being uh, pushed away from one another. And uh, so Paul talks about this huge separation because, I mean, it, it was really nasty. I mean, the, the Jews and the Gentiles in that day, oh, they, there was no love loss for one another. And, and uh, matter of fact, they would, uh, if, if you weren't a Jew, they had some, they didn't have a lot of curse words that I know of in their language, but they would call you uncircumcised, and that meant to be very nasty. They called you a dog. <laughs> Like today, if you call somebody a dog, it's not a very good thing. But there was this huge separation here. And uh, so it, it just existed. And these people weren't allowed into the synagogue or the temple. And they were in the outer courts. And you had the inner courts. And we'll dig in all that this morning. But um, if, if we look at this together, there's all these groups of people that we read about when we read the Old Testament. And one group of oppressors is called the Assyrians. And, uh, and they were kind of on, on to their own. And then even the Romans that were very strong, had great military might and government and money and all that, they were very oppressive. They were oppressors in their own right, and they kind of did their own thing. And then you had the groups of people, and, and it was really sad. In that day, uh, there was probably three-fifths of all people were slaves. So there was all this slave ownership, uh, own property. Even people looked at women, which is so sick that they looked that they owned women, that they were possessions. So it was kind of the, the, the uh, landscape for that day, if you would. And, and then there was this great hatred that I keep going back to because it's really the, the gist of the scripture. There's this great hate between the Jews and the Gentiles. And I'm so glad that Paul comes to address this in a powerful way. But more than that, Jesus comes to address it, to annihilate it, to eliminate it. But yet today, this morning, if we're honest, we still have separation. Uh, it, you know, I, and I don't want to start a split in our church, but we could theologically, 
it's somehow we're a community church, so we have many streams that flow into the mainstream, and that's okay. But then here's one that always has divided people. If we begin to talk politically, and I said, all the Republicans get here, and all the Democrats get here, and all the independents get here, some, some of you would get up and move and do different things. And then if we started to discuss issues through our lens, it, it could bring uh, separation and division, and who wants to do that? Uh, the Egyptians, they, they, they were oppressors. There, there's all these different ones. Hatred among people. And then, and then there's scripture that teaches us in that day, God was trying to get, not get them to mingle with the pagan nations because he knew it would have great influence. And then when they would intermarry into these other uh, religions, they, they would leave the one true God, Jehovah. And we have so many stories of the Old Testament where we see that people followed false gods and that separation continued and continued. And, and it's really kind of sad. Also, the things that uh, today, the church of Jesus Christ. Did you know there's over 400 denominations in the United States of America? 400. And, and, and probably more than that, they probably made Kmart or Walmart Baptist this afternoon. I don't know. But there's, there's all, I thought that was funny. But they got all these different uh, things and, and people are like, well, I don't agree on this and I agree on that and I don't that. And then if we can answer, we vote differently, we have different denominations, and then we, we can argue about how to, uh, how to pray and there's camps that have been arguing about how to pray. Like, man, just pray. Like, we don't need to argue about it. And, and then there's the big camps that want to argue about baptism and how much is enough and how much is too little and how can you, can you sprinkle, can you pour, can you immerse, can you dip, can you drown, you know, all those kinds of things. So, uh, and then, and, and let's just, let's make this really practical today as I really try to get the gist of this scripture. How this alienation opposing driving people. Here, here I hear this around the church sometimes. I'll walk up and there'll be a conversation and somebody will go, I cannot believe they defriended me on Facebook. <laughs> you ever been there? And, and that just draws you to the heart of God and you bless them. You do not. Can you, can you believe that? They defriended me. Everybody raise your hand if you've ever defriended. No, no, don't, don't do that. Okay. Because somebody go, that's why I, your posts don't come up anymore because you, you alienated me. You, you, you pushed me away. Uh, anyway, you get all these big, small stuff. And, uh, and, and so really this disunity concept really starts in the garden. And it's just continued to perpetuate through the centuries, through the ages. So here in 2018, we're still dealing with disunity in our world and in our relationships, much less. But God wants us to move over to the unity that we find in Christ, the, the common ground of the cross, if you will. Um, so as I look at that, uh, there was a... a you remember Robert Frost when you were in school, the great writer? Hello? Y'all did go to school, right? Okay, you're it. He, of course, uh, I have the teachers that said, of course. Uh, the Mending Wall. Did, did you ever read that? Listen, here's just kind of a wonderful poem, just kind of full of humor. But here's just part of what it says. It's about two neighbors who go through the same ritual each spring, meeting the wall to repair it, to refill the gaps that the fallen stones have left. The neighbors that have apparently done this for many years, yet it strikes the narrator in the point to question just why it is, that they have the wall in the first place. They no longer have cows that they may stray onto others' property. So why is the wall there? The reason for its purpose no longer exists, but yet it remains why? Because the wall has always been there. The truth is, in human nature, in our human nature, it is to construct walls. No age or age group has gone unshaped by the malicious power of the wall. Let me just stop right there, and, I, and, I, and I'll insert a little history. Do you remember the Great Berlin Wall? 
Yeah, you do. And do you remember when Ronald Reagan declared that the wall's coming down? Remember when the, yeah, and, I, and we, we have a piece of the wall at home somewhere, Donna, but with everything we've been going through this week, that was not top of my list. Like, can you find the wall for me? She'd be like, man, there's the wall there, you know? But, but we have, I, I remember we had a student that was in our student ministry, and I remember he was there, and he, he brought us back a piece of the wall. And I, I just, it's just incredible history. I have personally been to the Wailing Wall, and at the Wailing Wall there in Jerusalem, you separate men from women who can go to the wall. And inside, and when you go to the wall, people go there and they put these little prayers, they'll write them and they'll put them in the wall. It's, and, and you have the Orthodox Jews that have been there for centuries and they, they will go up to the wall and they're all in their garb and their hats and the women are dressed differently. And then you have all these Americans and other uh, people that have traveled across the globe to go to the Great Wall. But there's always been walls. I, but let, let me continue with this. I, I kind of got sidetracked, but I thought it was interesting. Its menacing power moves through the length and breadth of a human existence. Paul calls it in our text the dividing wall. And, and in this text today, it's the dividing wall of hostility. It's the wall that separates, fragments, isolates. It's the wall that keeps people apart. It kills fellowship, breeds prejudice, spreads gossip, sets loose the dogs of war. It takes many forms, but it always remains the same dividing wall. In our own society, here in 2018, we construct walls. There are many walls that divide us as people. So today, if you're taking notes, you just might write on, out on the side wall and circle it and maybe go back and do your own study or think about walls. But I would ask you this, instead of maybe walls that are being built or haven't been built or walls that have been taken down, think, think about this. Let's get real practical in our faith. Are there any walls that I've constructed toward other people? toward people that irritate me <laughs> turn to the next person and say do you have any people that irritate you just just turn to them and ask them, are there anybody is there anybody that irritates you and if they said yes it is you <laughs> that is not good okay so so walls and and i think that one of the great ministries of jesus he comes to i love this word he comes to obliterate to destroy to annihilate aren't, aren't those all strong words tear down the wall but man, we, we just build walls up. You know, it's one of the things I loved about Jan, Donna's sweet mom. She was a kind person. She was kind to people. People have been talking to us the last week about how sweet that little lady was, how kind she was. I've gotten texts and emails from people across the country that used to go to church, and they're going, I loved her sweet smile. I, I loved her countenance and how she would just be so supportive and, you know, on and on. Or she took care of my kid when they were young at Christ Community walls you, you remember in history there was a great president his name was abraham lincoln you think he knew anything about walls <laughs> he did he was a guy that took down some walls and yet some of those walls still exist we, we could go on and on about all the different walls that brings comfort the walls that separate but god let me say this god is not about separation god is about building this world, this culture that we live in, the devil himself, it's about division, hostility, setting, pulling apart. God's about building up the body of Christ. Aren't you grateful for a God that loves to build? I am. He gives us scriptures about, don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is good for edifying, building up another. 
There's so many practical roads I could have taken, but I want us to get here to the, to the text in a minute. I, just, I wanted to say, I think one of our number one problems in our city is alienation, is hostility. It's, it's definitely America, where we separate black, white, poor, rich, educated, uneducated, other ethnicities, on and on. We, we could just go down to all the great divides that divide us as a people, and yet God wants to bring all our hearts into one, and he wants us to be one in Jesus Christ. I was listening to a thing the other day, and this great pastor at a Calvary church, he's, he, he made this comment. He, he had a pretty racially diverse of lots of ethnicities came there, but he said somebody called one day and asked him, says, is your church a black church or is it a white church? And I thought, okay. And I love what the ministry assistant said. She goes, we're the red brick church. <laughs> so if anybody asks you, what is our church? We're the brown brick church. Or what, what's that color out there, Don? I don't even remember the color of it when we wrote around 20 years ago. Y- y'all call it what you want. I think it was something with Shakespeare, but Shakespeare's not a color. It's, it's some kind of brick. All it is, we, we're, we're, we're a church that celebrates diversity. And God says, yeah, we're, I'd, I'd love for us to be more and more and more diverse. Although even right now on this campus, there's a lot of diversity. There's a student service of teenagers all over meeting now. There's a Korean church meeting upstairs in the other building. There's, there's a church in here of different. I, I, just, I just love it. It's the church. It's God's church. God wants to take down. Stories of division. You know where all that started? Think about Cain and Abel. You think they had any division between those two? Jacob and Esau? Pharisees and Jews? And you could go through on and on reading your Bible and go, man, there's a lot of division. Man, God wants to pull people together. And then I come back to our whole mission statement. I keep saying it today, and you might leave here going, I think I got it now. Love God, hate others. That's a great mission statement. It's not a mission statement. Love God, love others. Because what does love do? Love, love just tends to, to melt our hearts. Hey, are y'all getting dried out as I am? No? I'm sorry, I don't know what happened, but I feel like I was getting parched. Your sermon was fixing to be really short. Somebody said, hide the water next week. If you'd have hid the water, we'd have ended in five minutes and said, let's take another offering and go home. Okay, here you go. All right, let's, let's look here. Chapter 2, the Apostle Paul speaking Ephesians Verse 11. Look at 2.11. Look with me. Therefore, when you see the word therefore, ask why it's there. Okay? Therefore, remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision that done in the body by the hands of men, remember that at the time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise without hope and without God in the world right here David did y'all remember King David when he looked at Goliath and he looked at Goliath because David was a man of God and and what did he call him he goes you are that uncircumcised Philistine in other words he was cursing him he he wasn't speaking very he, he, he was slamming him here and then the other times you'll see, you heathen, you dog, you whatever. They, they, they would just curse them. And yet one person I read, it was interesting. He said, God created Gentiles as kindling for hell. Huh. Didn't think very much of uh, Gentiles, did he? And yet God's trying to pull the people together. Um, the, the physical mark on us of circumcision. But here, heavenly God makes his mark, his deposit, as we've already discussed, 
in Ephesians about he seals us, he marks us as his very own, that he guarantees us against that day that we have an inheritance. That, that's good. Man, all this division that I see when I flip on news, it's, it's rampant. It's across our country. It's across our world. Hatred and division. You, you know what I've learned? Man cannot legislate himself. He needs God. Uh, uh, Cheryl, that's a quote for you there. Man cannot legislate himself. He needs God. I, I really believe that. We, we, I mean, I'm glad we have rules and law or we'd have total anarchy. But the, the truth is we, we need God's law. We need God's word. We need the Holy Spirit to, to lead us. You think about what a mess we are with the Holy Spirit working because we don't give him full control here. So here, the, the, the Gentiles were thought so lowly, they thought that if they even stepped on your property, they, they would pollute it. You, you know the whole thing about don't gag on a gnat? Well, that was a big thing back in that day. The reason was a gnat might have touched a Gentile. And then somehow it touched on a Jewish person and they thought that just the, just the mere presence of touching one would corrupt them, would pollute them. And we kind of look at it and go, ah, whatever. Uh, but I tell you what, we, we know about contamination, don't we? And about being polluted. In, in this weather, these hands have found lots of germats and, and germ stuff. Just a minute ago, I, I was hugging a few of you, and, and a couple of you coughed, and then you shook my hand. Wigs, preacher out. And, and then one person I'll leave nameless, Paul. And, uh, and, and Paul was great. Paul stood back and said, Paul, love you, brother. And I waved the elbow at him in Jesus' name. That's the spiritual thing to do during the flu season. You just love you. So, you know, and I'm a hugger. I love to hug, but I tell you what, in this flu season, I ain't real jacked up. So as soon as before I got to preach, because I was afraid I'd touch my mouth, I ran out and I hit the germex and I wiped it all over. And I said, glory to God. And I walked back in. I feel good now. You know what I'm saying? Y'all are saying, you're a fool. But you understand the concept, alienation, pollution, just tension here. But here, he tells him to remember without, here in verse 11, 12, he goes, without Jesus, without Christ, you're hopeless. People have been asking down and out, how y'all doing? How you doing? Sad. Tired. Exhausted. Missing. Reflective. Thankful. For the hope that we have in Jesus. I don't know how people do it that don't have Jesus. Do you, church? Had some people walk up to me and go, hey, man, we've not had to walk the road that you and Donna walked. We've been walking this over a lot of years, but now it's the, it's the last one of our parents. I looked in the mirror and I went, hey, dude, I mean, we don't know what our days are, but like, you're the oldest one now. Somebody said, we already knew that. That wasn't a great revelation. That was a revelation to me. And I go, but God, I want my days to count for you. I want your days to count separate from christ here excluded from citizenship the scripture talks about but but look y'all hey it, it gets better here he starts here in verse 12 you were separate but look at verse 13 oh he says but now i want you to circle in your bible but now man he starts therefore here's your condition but in verse 13 he transitions he goes but now in christ jesus you once who were far away have now been brought near through the blood of christ Man, that, that, that is some of the um, great news. You read some of this section in the Greek, and it says the politeia. You know what word we get from politeia? 
politics. Anybody know anything about politics? You were the commonwealth of Israel, the politia, these things. He, he talks about now, I'm, I'm pulling them together. This, uh, this thing that God wants us to, uh, to come near. You, when you read the Old Testament, you see that God has courts. You have an outer court, or one we call it the Gentile court. The Gentile court means that uh, you're out in the, in the nosebleed section. Let me tell you about nosebleed. I know about nosebleed. Back in the 80s, I was a student pastor, and I was at a conference. I actually wasn't teaching. I was attending. And I was in Chicago, and the thought, it just came to me that I must experience this. Michael Jordan in the Chicago Bulls. I remember I got on the phone and said, I'd like to have tickets. They go, <laughs> they started laughing. They go, it's been sold out for three years. I said, crud. And the guy said, but you can go downtown, and there will be people scalping tickets, and you can buy tickets. I said, I will go. I went downtown, and I still remember going downtown, and I walked up to a guy, and I said, I need some tickets. He had a big trench coat on, and he did this. He opened it up, and at first I thought, oh, Jesus, I hope he's got something on. And he opened it up, and when he did, he had rows and rows of all the tickets of the game. They were legal because I got in. I bought one. But that was a little cheap. I, as a matter of fact, uh, I bought a nosebleed. I remember walking in to see the great Michael Jordan play basketball. Literally, they handed me an oxygen canister before I went in. I w they didn't. I'm, I'm just kind of exaggerating the story. Somebody said, really? And, and I remember watching Michael in the great laser show and watching him put on a show. And it was fun. I, I enjoyed that nosebleed. Well, that's what the Gentiles did. They got to stay out in the outer court. They, they couldn't even come near. The Jews were like, no, you're, you're not coming near us. It's interesting. But he says, but now through the precious blood of Christ, through the precious blood of Christ, the story changes for humanity. Through the precious blood of Christ, the story changes for you and me. We get to live in. We get to belong. Politia. We get to belong to the Jesus party. How many of you are part of the Jesus party? Are you a part of the Jesus party? Amen? That's the party you want to be. You know, you know, people ask me, what are you? I go, I'm a theocrat. Just look that up. Google it if you want to know what it means. I'll tell you later. But here it is. This whole thing I keep talking about because I'm trying to weave in and out the, the narrative of the Scripture. Separ separation. Did you ever remember going to school and not being picked for the team? Or you were last always? You were excluded. You were separate. Do you remember being shunned by a certain group of friends and you would go home and cry yourself to sleep? The one I said earlier, we laugh at. We laugh at it in public. Personally, we think it's horrible being defriended on social media. How about that romantic love you had for another and it grew silent? <laughs> you thought you were in love and would spend the rest of your days with this person and they won't return your call. Yeah, or they won't have anything to do with you. Excluded. Oh, this wall of Jerusalem here, this, and, and, and then you go through these different courts, the outer court, the inner court, you get to the court of the priest, and, and that's where the priest was allowed to come in once a year and make atonement for sins. And the other people couldn't go in there, and they actually threw a rope in there and tied it to his ankle so they could pull him out just in case he died and didn't make it back out. I mean, it's just amazing of, of, of the way the sacrificial, the system of the Old Testament set up. But you have to appreciate the, the system to appreciate the Lord Jesus Christ, that now we have access to the Father. We don't have to go through these courts. It's wonderful 
the, the wall reminds me that there's separation. But I want you to hear this. But the cross lets me know that there's a way now through the wall. The wall comes down in Jesus Christ. Man, we're free. We're clean. We're atoned for. We're, we're, we're made new. And it's all because of not what we do, but because of what Christ has done. Just write in your notes today. What Christ has done gives me free access to the Father. Nothing you're going to do. And I think you're some pretty good people, some neat people. And some of you are just, oh my goodness, you're talking about good. You look in the dictionary and your picture's right by it. And some of you are like, don't worry, I know your picture's not there. <laughs> but you're working on being good. But at the end of the day, goodness has never got it. Jesus says your righteousness is as filthy rags. But thanks be to God for the blood of Christ. This, this wall, you remember when Jesus died, that, that curtain was ripped 80 foot tall in length. Huge, huge veil. 18 inches thick. I'm talking about, have you, have you ever been to one of these strong men shows and they tear up a phone book? And, and, and right now you're going, phone book? That's not very impressive. You seen the Montgomery phone book lately? Oh, when I was growing up, phone books were significant. If you lived in a big city, they were huge. I mean, like, you know, you, you kind of went walking in with these big books. Well, they, they, could, they could rip them apart. And you go, man, what strength. But can you imagine a, a, a fabric? It's 80 foot in length, but 18 inches thick. And when Jesus died, it, it just ripped. It was shredded. The wall was obliterated by the glory of Christ. Can you just praise God for that, church? Listen to Romans 10, 12, and 13. Romans says there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all, and he richly blesses all who call on him. And, and I love this next verse, next part. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Man, I love that. Everybody, everyone that calls on Jesus can be saved. Common ground, identity. Lord, I want to identify with you. Look, look, look at verse 14. Let's keep moving. For he himself is our peace. I preached a lot about peace during the Christmas season. Isaiah 9, 6. We could go on and on, different verses. But when you look here, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, verse 15, by abolishing in the flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in this, one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he was put to, which he put to death, their hostility. I read that, and I, and I see the goodness of God that in Christ, the war of hostility, sin has ceased. It's over. Sinners get made right with God. But listen, listen, this is important for us practically. Horizontally, Jews and Gentiles, races get along now. They can be reconciled freely and have life together through Christ. There's no reason to try to think we're superior than another because we're not. We're all created by the same God made in his image for his purposes. We just got to discover it for ourselves and receive him and believe in him and walk with him and trust him. And man, that, that's the good news. Uh, this sin, great separator, apocatalasso. It means it's the word there, reconciliation, to change completely. It means to clear the path 
of obstacles. That's what Jesus did. He said, there's all these obstacles and people have erected it, man, whatever, and sins uh, made you separate. But now I've, I've eradicated. I, I've, I've set that apart. It, it, it's now new. I've now cleared the path. It, isn't it a good feeling when you clear the path? You ever been out in the woods and you were clearing a path so you could get through all that trail? Or no, you're saying, well, Keith, I, I can understand it. In my bedroom, I clear a path that I might make it to the bed and go with to bed. I mean, I mean, some of you, I wouldn't ask you to raise your hand, but some of you are just like, that's my room. How did you know you depicted it? See, as a student pastor, I'd been in a lot of bedrooms to get guys up to go do events that we do. And they'd say, hey, come on, pick me up. You know, you go by there, all these guys and be like, God, what happened in here? <laughs> well, I don't want to know what happened in here. All I know is I just need y'all to get up. We need to go. Man, we got an event to go to. There. All right, all right, we'll, we'll go, we'll go. So here it is, man, free. All, and here, here it is, Jesus is an all-access pass. Have you ever had an all-access pass where you could just freely roam around in an event? I've only had that happen like once or twice in my life, but it was really cool. Like, usually, you know, you buy a ticket, and you're sitting here in the outer court, or you're sitting wherever and whatever. But I remember one time, John and I got to go to a basketball game. Somebody gave me tickets for my birthday, and we had this kind of all-access pass, and it was kind of cool. So we go over to Auburn, and the new arena's there, and we go in, and we have, and they go, come by and eat some jambalaya. All you got to do, the weight of my heart is through my stomach. And uh, so we went and had a little food, and then we got ready to go to the game. And I, I couldn't find out where the ticket was, and I went to the guy and said, hey, look, I, I can't figure out, it's, I think it's a pretty cool pass. What do you do with it? He goes, oh, 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 come here. I thought, dude, they're fixing to put us in the closet. I don't know ushers out to the court there's 15 chairs on the floor don and i got two on the end i went oh i like all access and then as i sat down a celestial being named albie sat in my lap <laughs> i can't believe i worked that in that's horrible i know but name your bat mascot anyway it was all access well, let me tell you, and, and that was cool. That was fun. Never happened again, but hey, thank God for it. I love this all access into heaven. Every one of us gets through the blood of Jesus. We get to be made right with the Father. We get to just talk to him anytime we want to. We get to go right to him. You don't have to come to me as an earthly priest. You don't have to go to another priest. You don't have to do whatever once a year, or quarterly, or whatever. You just get to go. You get to go in Jesus' name to the Father. Is that good news? Because we put our trust in the blood of Christ. He calls us beloved. We have peace with God, recognizing that he is God and we are not. And he has made a way through his son. Every weekend I try to brag about that somehow to tell you about this awesome Jesus and how he just makes us drastically different and new. And he tears down, this morning the scriptures say he tears down the walls of hostility, sin, indifference, wickedness. Verse 18, move with me. Uh, go to verse 17. He reconciles us through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. Verse 17. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Thanks be to God for that. I, I love that. There, there's a couple of verses that I wanted to get you to write down at verse 14. Just, you don't have to worry about going back there on the screens. But just write down Isaiah 9-6, Isaiah 57-19, Micah 5-5. Just a couple verses that will maybe speak to you about peace. I, I want you to have that. All right, so there in verse 14, I'm not following this outline with a flip. I just realized that. Sorry about that. Now, let me do this. Could some of you go, Pastor, could you give me line 
to be like, I don't know, man. I'm just tired right now. Here it is. Did I give you the second line, the blood of Christ, of verse 14, the peacemaker? Give that right down, verse 14, the peacemaker. Sorry, Chrissy, I'm doing a horrible. You are so delightful. I just, I just got so in this text, I just forgot to use my outline. Sorry, guys. Verse 15 and 16, abolish his cross. It brings us together. See, I have no idea what's going on behind me. She's probably been doing all that like, hey, he needs help. Thank you, Chrissy. You've always been my friend. Here it is. By the cross, God brings us together. Don't you love that word together? God brings us together in Christ. He brings us together with him. One, access to him. Verse 18, all access pass that I just talked about. Now move with me. We're, we're about to land this plane. I, I want to get there with you. Verse 19, consequently, you're no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself is the chief cornerstone. I, I love that, this direct access. And then he begins to, to build this heavenly building that we now belong. We belong to him. He's, first Peter says he's, he's building a, a heavenly home. He, he's building the living, we're living stones. Uh, listen to Proverbs 16, 7. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes his enemies to make peace with them. Philippians 3.20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I read a quote by an old guy that I've read his books over the decades. You probably don't read him unless you're like a theologian, because he's just he's not all that popular. It's old, it's kind of archaic, but man, he was... He was a man after God's heart. He was a man that understood prayer like anybody I've ever read, really. So that's why I bought his books over the years. But his name was E.M. Bounds. He said this, and I, and I read it this week, and I didn't know how I needed it for my soul. It just encouraged me. So, Donna, this is to you, babe, and it's to us. Remember this. Heaven ought to so fill our hearts and hands, our manner and our conversation, our character and our features that all would see that we are foreigners, strangers to this world, natives of a nobler clime, fairer than this. Heaven is our native land. It's a home to us, and death to us is not the dying hour, but the birth hour. And I know you're going, his language is a little archaic. It is, but it's a profoundly rich. And I want you to hear that last line. And death to us is not the dying hour, but the birth hour. Donna, as she walked her mom literally to the gate of heaven, that was the birth hour for her sweet mom. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ, who reigns forever. And when you die, that's what I want you to, as sad as we get, if I'm living or, or you come, say, hey, pastor, you're gone. It was his birth hour. He was in the presence of Jesus. He has now seen Jesus face to face because of his citizenship that is in heaven. See, in, in Christ, we're granted a new citizenship. And then when you have new citizenship, you live under the, the laws, the rules, the government of that nation, of that tribe, of that people, of that God. And that's how faith should affect you and I. That we live differently because we belong to Christ. Because we have been bought by the blood. We have brought near. We now have access to the Father. Man, that is, that is awesome. I tell you, when I was saying this this week, I thought, oh, man, man, this is great. 
uh, Jewish history. I love this. This would be good. But then I realized, God, you're giving me a word for me right now in my journey, but for our church. We need this word. And the church said, it's just good stuff, folks. We're not enemies in Christ. We're brothers and sisters. He, he says here, move with me. I'm going to finish this up. He says, with Christ Jesus himself is the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together. It rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Jesus is the most important stone in the structure. He builds Colossians. I think this is Jimmy and Rachel's verse for their wedding. In Christ he holds all things together. That's what the cornerstone does. He holds us together so we don't fly apart. We go with him. So as we leave here today, I pray that, man, your life is just a sacrifice to the glory of God. See, this is the thing I want you to hear. I want you to hear this clearly. I say this in a lot of ways, but as I've got this here in my pa I want to read it because it's that profound, and I want you to hear my heart. His death and resurrection brings us to God. We're living stones measured off the work of Christ. We're a temple to offer praise to Almighty God. A sacrifice to the glory of God, not personal gratification. I hear all the time, you're not meeting my need. They don't meet my need. My need, my need, my need. It makes me nauseated, vomit. See, folks, the last time I checked, it's not about your need. It's about the need of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have gathered in this place to give him praise and worship and honor because he is worthy. Amen? But our world today is trying to go, it's about my need, brother. I'm sick of it. I'm about the Lord Jesus. It's about bringing glory to his name. You're saying you kind of feel that kind of deep, preacher. Because I think this is the right attitude, is to honor Christ. Not so worried about, well, you didn't meet my need. You didn't give me enough bubble gum this morning. You didn't do enough of this or this or this. Man, I just want you to know, Father, did I honor you today? Did I bring a sacrifice of praise in this place? That's when we were praising worship church. It just helps get our hearts ready to worship him. He's an awesome God. I love that. The focus is Jesus. It's how we grow in him. I just got a quick question. Have you changed? Is Christ changing you even now as I speak? Jesus, change me. Change my friends. Change people that will listen by the Spirit of Christ. Lord, when you entered my heart, change began. Continue that great work until you call me home. That is God's word this Sunday morning for the people of God. I, I hope somehow you're encouraged in it, church. I'm encouraged because God is faithful to his word. There's two things that God takes off this planet. Two things. Write it down. The only two things that God takes off this planet. People and his word. His word is eternal for the ages. He has created the soul of man. Those two live forever. Let's pray. Jesus, I love you. And I thank you for your amazing love for us in this place today. 
Lord, draw us near. Thank you for the access we have because of Jesus. Thank you for forgiveness of sin by the blood of Christ. Thank you for the joy that we have because of Christ. Thank you for the leadership because of the Holy Spirit. Lead us out of this place a little different, a little more attentive, with more love in our heart for Christ, but for each other. Tear down the walls that separate us until we gather again in Jesus' name. Amen. I got you.